I swear. Wrestling Podcast. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the A Squared Circle Wrestling Podcast. It's the number one wrestling podcast in the whole of uh, in the whole of uh, world, Portsmouth. Um, so, uh, thanks for joining us again, uh, and th- and thanks for sticking there with us. Last week was a bit. I felt it was a sticky episode. I don't know how you felt about it. Well, I had a couple of nice texts about it. Nice. Text. Someone, yeah, like someone said, "Oh, this is sixty minutes of you and Andy bickering," and I was like, "Yeah." I know, but we are back, refreshed and ready to go. Um, what did we talk about last week? We were shooting the SH1T. What I can't remember what, what we were talking we, about. What did we bicker about? I can't remember. I listened to it, but I, I can't remember. Must have been a memorable, a memorable episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, d- I didn't. Uh, I didn't feel I've put my best foot forward on that episode. Um, but I feel like I'm going to make amends for it tonight. So good. We've uh, got some good stories to tell today. Haven't we? So it's, if last week's episode wasn't your cup of tea, just give us a give us a try. Don't worry. Just get be. Uh, yeah, if you go back through the archives, there's loads of hours and hours of endless content. Um, so yeah, it's a uh, it's what a time to be alive, as they like to say, the cool kids. So. Uh, yeah, what have you been up to, Andy? Uh, just been one of those unproductive weeks, I think. Obviously, been busy with the uh, Christmas store, so that's going well. Um, had a family day out on Sunday. Went to Kingston to go to the Christmas market specifically. Did you? Uh, how was that? For you? Uh, I don't think we. I don't think we went. I just think we. Well, you, you don't think you went? Oh, we, you, went so we, Ki- we went to Kingston. Went you didn't. <laughs> we went to Kingston. We can't remember. We didn't really walk around the Christmas market. I don't. Re- my dad we went brought to a Kingston, block of cheese. But I don't even remember if we. Uh, no, no. Went see, to d- don't twist my words. I didn't say that. You I said you didn't. I said we went to Kingston to go to the King- uh, Christmas market, but I don't even think we went. I was referring to the Christmas market. I know we well, went. I don't to understand how you don't think we went. <laughs> well, no, we walked like alongside it, but we didn't do like the Christmas market experience. So you think that there was more to be had if you took no. a left instead of a but, right? But Kingston is uh, has a very special place in my heart, actually, because uh, I'm not sure if I've told this fun little story on the podcast, but my grandpa was only really into WCW wrestling because that's what you got on Meridian. Hmm. And I was out with my nan one day, like I used to when I was a little boy, and I told my grandpa there was a Ric Flair figure. I told you this bit? No. And, uh, you know, you could get a Ric Flair figure, but it was a WCW. Yeah, Galoop, still. Ro- yeah, like, yeah, like Rock Hard one. Yeah. And he said... And I think they were, they were figures, they weren't toys, do you know what I mean? Right, but you yeah. could still get a good match out of oh, them. Oh, yeah, yeah, undoubtedly, yeah. Especially what? Ric Flair, because he could do the scoop slam, couldn't he? Because he had that. Very well. Yeah. Bombed. So anyway, my grandpa said to me, um, he, was, he was like, what? You mean there's a Ric Flair toy? Right, we are heading down to Kingston tomorrow to go to a toy shop and get you that Ric Flair toy, which I think was the only toy that I remember he ever bought me. So I do have that very same toy that he bought me all those years ago on my office. But my point is, it, we went to Kingston to get Did it. you get the light blue trunks? Light blue trunks. Yeah. And we went to BT's and we went... I remember BT's. Like, not Kingston, not the yeah. Kingston brand of BT's, but, like, before uh, before our high street was been murdered. Right, it was a popular shop, yeah. wasn't it? There's one in Absolutely. Guildford, there's one in Portsmouth. There's one in South End. Yeah, yeah, it was a good, yeah. good shop. And I remember there was a... They used to do, like, a... I don't even know, like, I remember they used to be in the one in South End. I want to say it was, oh, it might not be Beatties, it might have been Keddies. Uh, Do you ever Keddies? No. Okay. 
big on scale electrics was the point I was going to make. They had like, right. they used to have it like set up around the shop. Okay. Um, I think that was a pretty much which, toy shop which staple, wasn't it? Blew my mind, but mm. then. I later got a scale electrics. Well, I got a uh, a cheap, but like a it wasn't like a, it wasn't yeah. the official scale electrics. It was like a knockoff version mm-hmm. of scale electrics, and it didn't really work properly until um, whatever the contacts were underneath the scale. You know, like the cars, they have like little metal contacts underneath yes. which connect with the yeah. thing. My mum did a little bit of DIY and she got some uh, of her own spark cable things to go underneath the cars. And after that, they were like, vroom. Well, really good. Before that, the, they didn't really, it didn't really work very well. Okay. It was like that and a bit of tin foil and it made them go really quick. I don't oh, know yeah. why. You could have but, solved um, a lot of kids' problems. Eh? I could have done, yeah. yeah. And also, with Sky Electrics as well, I didn't realise how rubbish it was. Because well, like there's not really a lot to it, is it? Unless I you have like a massive track. Well, I, and I, but I also used to think there was a bit of skill involved, wasn't there? Yeah. It wasn't really any skill. You just push, press the finger on the button mm. and you hoped that your car had better batteries <laughs> than, yeah. than your, yeah. your rivals. So yeah. I remember my white car was always the fastest car in my Sky Electrics. And, I was, and this Sky Electrics was so rubbish, right, that um, before the DIY was done, to, and you had to have fresh batteries in as well. <laughs> uh, like, but before that was done, it used to try and go up the loop the loop and get like kind of halfway up and then slide back <laughs> down. <laughs> yeah. Can I finish my story? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, so I went to the site of BT's and took a picture outside of it. <laughs> My hands up in the air like this. Is it empty? Yeah, it's empty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, does it look? I can like put it on the Facebook page. Has it, has it been something since? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meetings? So uh, is it now like a retired Woolworths? It, no, into no. A Toys R Us. It's a. Uh, so it's empty now, but it was a fine food wines delicatessen, but also another sign on this empty shop. It was a kitchen design studio. Cool, it's done everything. That yeah, <laughs> yes. been from a toy shop to. <laughs> To a sandwich shop, essentially, to a kitchen shop. That so. shop is cursed. Yeah. What I think is sad about yeah, the high street. I'll put this up So later. I see... Oh, that's, oh, that's, that's the shop, yeah. yeah. Obviously, very fond memories of my grandparents. I was very close um, to my grandparents. I think it's really sad about the British economy right now. It's just like all these shops closing down. I mean, mm-hmm. online retailers like yourself doesn't help, obviously. Well, I uh, think... I thought there was some <laughs> sort of campaign to... Was there not? Or, or did I imagine it? There was some sort of campaign in the papers this year to be like support the bricks and mortar shops you oh, know? I don't know but like I thought that but maybe not. D- d- to be honest though like I think the go- like I don't want to get into a political debate on the A squared circle wrestling podcast but I no. think the government's to blame in many ways well not the government wholly but like it was almost like there was no support for the little man who had the independent shop and I'm sure that's yeah. a subject very close to your heart with yeah. your parents shop yeah. you know there's no support for them when Tesco's come steaming into list do no. you know what I mean yeah. right um, but then the big the big companies aren't making profit because they're not catering to the local needs, you know? Like, I think every, you know, like, I don't know, like, I always think, like, I, I think back to like stuff like my local news agents, as an example, where they'd get the wrestling magazine for me and they'd put it, pop it underneath the counter for me and I'd pop in every, you know, every Thursday once a month to get my Power Slam magazine, yeah. you know. You don't get that same kind of treatment in a Tesco's, do you know what I mean? In, no. a, in a big store, in a big chain, you know. Um, and I feel and I feel that. So I think that's that's got something, some to do with it. But obviously, stuff like, um, you know, business rates, you know, like... Don't help. It's, it it yeah. doesn't help because it's like, you know, you have to sell your product, yeah. but then on top of selling your product, you then have to make the money to pay... For your business rates, yeah, yeah, you know, and I un- I understand like you know tax and stuff. You pay tax on what you sell. You take pay tax on what you make. So you know the government basically for the government to keep making money, you need to keep making money. But then when you when you add on your business rates on top, it just 
and, and then like someone can sell the same product out their living room with no overheads, no staff costs. <laughs> it makes it very <laughs> yeah, hard yeah, yeah. for a shop, doesn't yeah. it? So um, I well, just think it's sometimes cheaper. And and I just I just I just make it. I just think it's just a big shame that um, you know that shops are closed down. You know, like oh, closing down. Like the high streets are a thing of the past. I look down the road from this office here, and we've got obviously Toys R Us has gone out of business, but the ho- home bases are got closing down sale oh, is going it? on right now. Okay. Yeah, and I'm just like, and I was always like, well, I think that the shops are going to move out of high streets and into these industrial estates, essentially. Yeah. Um, you know, like America. Yeah. Um, and I, I figured that was going to be the the kind of future for for shopping in this country, but now even shops on these industrial estates are closing down yeah. so well i um, thought was crazy not crazy but uh new to me was someone was in your office last week and i said something about their cri- uh parents for christmas they're having an early christmas yeah and i said have you got any presents yet and she said no i don't know what i'm gonna do because i don't know if it'll turn up in time it's like she hadn't even occurred that you could go <laughs> yeah. to the high street do you <laughs> yeah. know what i mean yeah, and I was just like, well, "What like do you mean?" And she's like, "Well, because I was going to order order them online, you know." Was, was well, her solution. well, do you know what my solution is? Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime now. Yeah, yeah, but then two hours. But then you've been incredibly hypocritical. Oh, I know. No, I'm not. Like <laughs> again, I know. Like I, I know. But again, I feel like it's it's just hard when the high street just becomes so tired. Like I think that you know when you can get something online for so much cheaper, or when there's just not the same knowledge. Because I used to like going in. So for example, when I bought what did I buy? When I bought my iPads recently, like a, a few months back, I went into the shop to, for them to sell it to me because I I wanted the experience of someone showing me all the different things it could do and everything. And the yeah. shop, the person working there had no clue. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. and like I said to them, I wanted one of the uh, the keyboards that came with it, and I said. Uh, and I was like, oh, how much are those keyboards? And the lady had obviously lied to me when I was, uh, you know, in the shop. She was like, oh, about 20 pounds. They're actually about 70, 80 quid, right? Okay. So I was like, oh, 20 pounds. So I bought this iPad. And I was like, oh, can I get one of those keypads as well? She's like, oh, we don't actually stock those. And I was like, what? But you've got one on display, like right here. <laughs> and she's like, well, no, that's just to kind of show you what the, the, the iPad can do. And the next day I went on the website uh, to search to get a keyboard um, and uh, lo and behold, it comes up. Your local branch of Curry's has them in stock, and they're like seventy quid. But she'd obviously already told me the lie that they were twenty pounds. <laughs> yeah, and didn't want to be shock. outed. Yeah, yeah. Didn't want to be oh, outed as I a liar. See. Do you know what okay. I mean? So you think so they like, did have them in stock? I think they did have. Well, they did, it was like the day later, and they had like four okay. in stock. Like right, it says, right. Four in stock. Click and collect now. Okay, I get so, what you're uh, okay. so yeah, so I think she yeah. But do you know what I mean? Like we we need that. I don't know. Yeah, countries. Country's uh, gone downhill, hasn't it? <laughs> you know. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I, d- I just think it's just such a shame, especially Christmas time. Mm-hmm. You know. That was part of the thrill of being a kid, wasn't it? Going yeah. to the shopping centres and and I just go uh, to Cascades and uh, in Portsmouth, there's a big shopping centre. It's just so sad that uh, the Royals in Southend. It was it. Yep. Yeah. And uh, it's just so sad that um, out the next generation of kids aren't going to get that experience of. You know, go into shops and browsing and seeing toys. Well, unless we see a resurgence, obviously we might see. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. Let's just rent loads of shops. Yeah, but I guess well, I guess people moved out to the the estates because they wanted because the rent's cheaper, I guess, than in the high high street. What per square meter? Yeah, I think the high street probably got greedy. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. 
But oh, I don't know, whatever. Anyway, we don't know. There's enough about the economic struggle of uh, of Great Britain. What we do know about is the economic struggle of uh, of, of uh, professional wrestling. Mm. Um, so let's talk about some pro wrestling. Okay. Um, what did what did you do, Andy? Oh, thanks for asking, Andy. I think I was about to actually go on. Okay. If you ask yourself. Uh, well, I had a wrestling show on Thursday, didn't I? That was good. Oh Horse yeah. Okay. Of Guild Hall. Yep. Return of the Pack. Mm-hmm. That was good. Nice mm-hmm. to nice to see Pack again. Back in back in, in living colour. What I thought was refreshing about Pac is he's still the same guy that he was. Yeah, hundred percent. When he yeah. left, so. Um, but yeah, very to me a very exciting um, addition to the UK wrestling scene. Mm-hmm. But with one hand God gives, with the other hand God <laughs> takes, takes away. away. So uh, this is a topic that I think you're probably best suited to talk about. Well, I've got nothing to say really. <laughs> so, uh, well, let's not let's not talk in riddles. Let's say what we're referring Matt to. Matt riddles, <laughs> another one gone. <laughs> so yeah, obviously, uh, the, the the news on the street, the word on the block is that WWE UK have added more restrictions onto the contracts for the guys. The rumours, um, allegations, rumours and innuendo, and everyone's quick to be like, "Well, you don't know the full story," whilst not actually giving the full story. Right. So to me, you want to clear something up, just be like, "Hey guys, this is it. Mm-hmm. This is it straight." Yeah. Um, but certainly, more there has been more restrictions put on, regard whatever way you look at it. Um, onto the UK talent, which has is, is led to quite a lot of controversy and it's led to a lot of split opinions and it's led to a lot of people getting angry. And what surprises me the most, considering I've not been able to use WWE UK guys for months, like what <laughs> what surprises me most is I like, get people go like, oh, Red Pro are screwed now. And it's like, well, because no, we've not been using guys for like literally Ages, months, yeah, yeah. right? I think since, would it be June? May, May, June maybe? Yeah. yeah. So May, June time. We've not been uh, we've not been using WWE UK contracted wrestlers, and obviously we've been fine. I feel like we've got to us got ourselves into a position where we've rebuilt um, and got a lot of fresh and exciting talent, which I'm which I'm very excited to continue working with into 2019 and beyond, unless they get signed. But then if that happens, we bring some more through. You know? Yeah, it's yeah. Not a, um, I can remember having a conversation with a, an Irish promoter about nearly ten years ago, I reckon, and he just said, you know. I could get on TV in Ireland and I can make stars out of my touring circus group of wrestlers. You know, he sort of ran the Brian Dixon style. It, it, but yeah. it wasn't Oreg, it was post-Oreg, Oreg Williams. Uh, and and he was kind of doing what Oreg was doing. He was drawing good houses. I ended up going over there every other weekend. And he just said, I could get on TV. Like, I'm quite like it on TV. I can make stars out of all these wrestlers. All WWE will do is sign them all up. Yeah. And I'm lost without, I'm stuck without wrestlers until I've, Taught the other group how to wrestle. Do you know yeah, I mean? right. So, so I just stay on, the, stay on the down low. Yeah, just keep stay on the low. Yeah, you know, that's 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 one of the things. Keep, isn't it? Over, wanna, keep making money. And <laughs> you want to be, uh, yeah, you want to be successful but quiet. Yeah, this podcast doesn't help, does it? No. <laughs> but uh, it doesn't. But I don't want to be a target anyway. I'll make that perfectly clear. Um, so, uh, so yeah, mixed mixed views from people. And and someone someone posted well was like, well. That's helped me make my decision not to purchase my Rev Pro season ticket. Really? Yeah, someone posted that. Yeah. What? Like they're not going to go because they're they not going to go to the Rev Pro to they're not going to purchase a Rev Pro season ticket to the London Cockpit next year because they've learned that WWE UK talent are no longer okay. allowed to appear on the shows. They've not but been again, there for six shows anyway. As we've said, yeah, yeah, they've not been there for six shows anyway. So, um, but that's just an example of a you know the internet going crazy and people making. Uh, Making observations and points on on uninformed mm. stuff, yeah. and like there's many ways. Again, 
like I say, like a lot of the lads are saying, you know, well, you don't know the full story. Like I say, like if you want people to know the full story, let people know the full story. I mean, it just looks shady as fuck. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, um, Deep. um, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, so I, so my, my thoughts on the situation is yes, we, we knew I did like, if you listen to the podcasts, um, when, when they got pulled from my shows initially, we knew that, that this was an eventual step that would happen. It wasn't, su- to me, I don't think it should come as a surprise to anyone. Um, and I don't think that, again, it's not a case of being like, oh, I hate WWE, hate, you know, because WWE are a business, they're operating as a business, they're making moves as a business that they feel are appropriate to to ensure their longevity and for them to continue to make money. Personally, I, I kind of disagree with what they're doing in, in the sense of, um, not in the... Again, to me, I just think it's very important. The reason why so many of the British wrestlers are so great at the moment is because they've worked so many matches and so many diversity of different opponents. Um, And I think that the more that that can continue, the better. And I look at, for example, NXT in America, which is obviously the blueprint for this UK division, and I look at guys that are in NXT in America, and I look at guys like, for example, Donovan Dijak, who, for me, is like a can't-miss prospect that they've missed and and again they've, they've got him under contract so he it may turn out turn out that they turn it around and he becomes like a huge superstar um but cassius ono is another guy chris hero who was like having the role of his life before he went back to nxt um and you look at the buzz that those guys were able to generate on the independent circuit and essentially wwe able to then place them into nxt with this huge buzz behind them um and i just think that they're going to lose, if they sign up everyone, they're going to lose the ability to be able to do that. And then they're banking on an independent promotion to create a buzz about a guy so then they can sign him up. Sure. But if you take away all the talent from the independents, then it's very hard to build up that buzz. If you yeah, know what okay, I mean. yeah, So it's yeah. like they're kind of picking, picking at the bones, so to speak. Um, but I, again, like I say, like I don't... Like I, 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 I understand why they're doing it because they, in their, their their mindsets, they need to protect themselves, and they have all these guys under contract as well. And if you're making that investment in those guys, then you got by all means you want to be taking advantage of that scenario and that situation. Um, and I don't begrudge any of the guys whatsoever for, um, you know, I, I think it's r- ludicrous anyone being like you sold out or whatever. They've done what's best for themselves, their families, and they've made the they've made the decision for themselves and that's entirely up to them it's entirely personal um and i i wish everyone the best of success and i hope i just hope that everyone gets out of it what they want to get out of it you know um and uh and to me for me personally nothing changes from where i'm where i'm sat like again like you you know it changes the dynamic in the sense of like oh are you worried there's oversaturation but is this new move of taking guys away from the shows um is that going to then kill off other promotions that may have been relying on, you know, the WWE UK guys to draw houses? I don't. I genuinely don't know. But I think ultimately, if you put on an appealing, attractive professional wrestling card, people will come to it. I don't think it. You know, it doesn't really matter who's on the on the bills. Which just means promoters have to become more inventive and and what have you. You know. Um, but uh, oh, I've lost my train of thought, really. But <laughs> you got it off you your know. chest. I've got. I had nothing to get off my chest. Yeah. It wasn't like a. It wasn't like well, I had something because you just said it. But no, like what? Well, <laughs> so you make out like I'm like I 
uh, had like something's been stewing, you know, but nothing has been stewing. Like I say, like again, and I think the, the point I was making was um, nothing changes for me about the way I conduct my business, the way I do my business. And like I said, and the, the, the one thing which I've always been clear about, and like, again, I, I, I appreciate and hope everyone can make money, you know, and, and everyone's got the right to do that. Um, one thing that I personally have been working on and want to keep working on, and, and I feel um, a long time ago, I kind of gave up the, the kind of mindset of, um, well, I never had the mindset of, oh, I want to make money in wrestling. Right, which some people will say is a stupid mindset because it is a business, as I stated at the whole start of this. But for me, it has to be about more than money, and it has to be a bit, a bit more about legacy and what you leave behind. Um, and, and what I would personally like to be able to do is create a promotion and create a scene um, that where people can make a legitimate full-time living. And I believe I've obviously contributed to that in you know, raising the profile of British wrestling to the extent where WWE have come and, and opened up shop. Um, but the next thing is, can we create something where there is a viable alternative to the WWE brand within the UK where people don't say, oh, I need to go off to WWE, I need to go off to Ring of Honor, I need to go off to NXT, I need to go off to Impact, or whatever the, yeah. whatever the promotion is, you know. Um, and uh, and I genuinely believe that, you know, I hope that there's enough guys that have faith in, in what we're doing and enough guys that are excited about, um, you know, having creative freedom and, and being able to, um, you know, really express themselves in a way that they want to. Um, and I hope there's enough guys that really, because um, again, it, 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 it takes... As many guys as you lose, it still takes a, a big backbone of guys who you know want to stand up and 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 be a part of something, you know. Um, so who who do you think going into next year are going to be the uh, the British guys on the well, do non? To, do you want me to give WWE a shopping list to you right now? <laughs> oh, well, I guess not. No, <laughs> but like, but like you know, but I look at guys like, for example, Zack Saber Junior mm-hmm. is someone who uh, he he bet on himself. And he's succeeded massively. Um, Will Ospreay is someone who's bet on himself and succeeded massively, you know. And I think that now, obviously, it's, it's kind of very different. But Pack coming back is obviously going to be a big, a big, a big one, difference yeah. maker. Um, and and I hope that there's there's other guys who, you know, who who come on the scene, who are maybe they're already on the scene at the moment, who they rather than being like, right, WWE is definitely my destination. They're like, I'm going to bet on myself and I'm going to try and create something very similar to what the Young Bucks did, very similar to what Cody did, Hangman Page, you know, those guys in America. And obviously they've got their own stuff that they're, they're working on at the moment, which which could change the industry completely. And maybe when that blows up, WWE would just be like, oh, we should probably concentrate on home <laughs> sure. and not UK. You yeah. don't know what's going to happen. The whole, the whole industry could and probably will change multiple times throughout 2019. Um, and I'm sure that the whole UK um, strategy for WWE, and in fact, I know for a fact that the UK strategy for WWE has changed time and time and time again. Um, I was their mates once, so yeah, true. <laughs> you know, and I'm not anymore. We've never had a we've never had a conversation which has been unpleasant. Do you know what I mean? So like, uh, who like who knows where where their strategy is going to go and as they're adapting and changing but they're ultimately they're going to do bottom line what's best for their business um so um it will just be interesting to see how what knock-on effect that has on the domestic business in the uk um because regardless you can say whatever you want 
but everything WWE does in this country uh, will have a knock-on effect to every single promoter in this country. And it can even be, to the, and it can have a positive effect as well, because, and I've said it time and time again, if WWE is successful, and WWE is mainstream success, successful and popular, that has a knock-on effect to the rest of the business. So you can knock WWE all you want, but if it wasn't for the Attitude Era being so huge, guys like Pete Dunne, Trent Seven, and you know whoever else, Mark Andrews, and whoever else is on this UK deal, they probably wouldn't have even become pro wrestlers. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So like, uh, and they, and they've ultimately they've come into pro wrestling with a dream of becoming WWE wrestlers. But like I say, I'd like to be able to help change that mentality. That you don't have I, to be a so WWE wrestler well, to be successful. Yeah, and I want people to come in and be like, I want to be a British wrestler, and you know, I want to, you know. I want to be an artiste, you know, <laughs> but like, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's <laughs> again, whatever. Like I say, like it, it, nothing changes from my perspective. Um, you know, uh, as we're about to hear in a in another story we tell later on in the podcast, the the sun will still rise tomorrow. Oh so, yeah, of course, uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, so All there's, right. there's, well there's my hot take. Okay, and it wasn't, and it wasn't a rant. I know I you didn't say you, it was. You wanted to frame it as such. Oh, I didn't. I said you got something um, off your chest. So, uh, no, I didn't need to get off my chest. Look at this. What's that? My goodness. So, um, so I've got someone taking off... Uh, bloody hell. So, uh, I've got... Um, so, I've got someone taking off anti-piracy videos, right? So, I don't... Again... Off YouTube. Like off of YouTube, Daily Motion. Like, so, he's, uh, he's only just got into it, right? You look at this. There's a list of... This is a list of stuff he's had taken down. Okay. People pirating my content, right? <laughs> well, what these so are the links, are they? Yeah, all the links of the stuff he's had taken down. Look at that. It's just wow. absolutely ludicrous. And this is just him making a start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> so, uh, Hundreds, um, of, well, 50 probably, at least. But, um, but yeah, yeah, so if all those people who watched it just gave me a dollar, we'd be all right, wouldn't we? Yeah. So we might have, have to worry might, about. We might anything. be able to compete with uh, mm. NXT UK, um, but I'm sure their piracy issues are a million times worse as well. But they've got the clout to do something about it. Sure. But yeah, you know, I'm a proud. And I'm a bit more experience in the field, you know. Yeah. So. I just pay a guy some money and hope yeah. that he, he takes care of it. But you're never going to eliminate that stuff, and if they're not going to pay for it, they're not going to pay for it. But uh, I'd like to think that one day they will. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you remember that time one person uh, he tweeted at me going nuts because a show which was already on our on-demand service, it was available on-demand, yeah. but it wasn't up on Extreme Wrestling Torrent yet. I vaguely remember that, yeah. And he, yeah. he kicked off because he's like, oh my God, it's been three days since the show <laughs> and it's not up on the Torrent site yet. He's just trying to wind you up. No, I don't. I genuinely I, I questioned him about it. And yeah. He's just like, oh, come on, man. I don't have the money to pay for that service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, really thought he was... Uh, yeah, I remember that. I think it was like when New Japan was starting to kick off and... The amount of wrestlers, wrestlers, I using quotation marks, being like, anyone got a link? And some of them were like high-profile wrestlers. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Anyone got a link to last night's New Japan? I, I don't often Facebook status at all anymore, and I, I did one on that. Got up on the high horse. And yeah, and, I, and do you know what I mean? That might and have been before you'd start. Everyone's, everyone's working with them. Everyone's liking it. Yeah, yeah, because they're feeling guilty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, it's just, uh, yeah. We made a list. Mm. Yeah, don't you worry. Um, so, uh, before we got on today's topic, so we've gone uh, half an hour already, but I already feel it was a more uh, productive half an hour than last week. Good. Right, would you yeah. say? Yeah. A bit more on topic, yeah. apart from the bit about shops. 
Oh, okay. Know, today, yeah, yeah. Economy. I see what you're now, yeah. Yeah. But never mind. Mm-hmm. But that's what people listen for, don't yeah. they? they listen. Some people listen for discussion about life. Some people listen for discussion about wrestling. And some people listen to see what they can take out of context and use to slam us <laughs> on, the, <laughs> on the message boards. They still a thing? Do they? I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm joking. I'm oh, joking. Okay. Um, so, uh, uh, we've got to do a, uh, a very special uh, weekly thing, don't we? Oh, yeah, our game. Yeah. yeah. Am I going to do it? Well, I guess you have to, because one person tweeted about it this week, so you're going to think it's over now. So well, it is <laughs> over, especially the emoji. <laughs> is that an emoji, is it? Well, but you see emoji at the end of the uh, SFX. Oh. Oh, is don't worry. Matt's whatever. tweet? Yes. Uh, oh, I didn't know. Really did didn't you not know. see the emoji signified? No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't remember it. So it said, Andy and Andy's. This this counts as you doing the thing, by the way. We don't hear it all the months. Go on. Andy and Andy's 30-week wrestling challenge. Oh. And it was like an explosion emoji. And the explosion stood for... Yeah. Very good. Okay, and I've been uh, I've been good. Whilst we were talking during the earlier segment, I looked up what, oh, did you? what it was. Well done. So that's going to kill some dead air, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So um, we are looking at a very apt one. Your okay. favourite commentary team. Okay. Oh, don't ask me that. Is it Andy Quilden and Andy Boy Simmons? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> no. Okay. Oh, that's Andy Boy Simmons and Kevin Kelly. Okay. Yeah. Cool. We're having a great run. I'm a little bit hurt. Yeah. But whatever. Um, okay, well, good for you guys. I obviously do like, you know, from childhood, obviously, I'm a big fan of, you know, Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain. Who can't like that? Yeah, I, I, that's one of my favourite pairings. I think, I think maybe Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse Ventura, maybe. Right, who did WrestleMania 6? Was that Jesse Ventura Jesse and Gorilla? Ventura and Gorilla, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, again, very fond memories of Hogan Warrior and... And also, I Tito really like, I really like Vince McMahon on the commentary as well. Yeah, he was good, right? Yeah, so... And he spoke like this! Uh, so, I follow... Meltzer in the 90s on yeah. Twitter and very rarely but occasionally I'll see a tweet or it might not even be that but it's people who've tweeted like funny things about wrestling and it'll be like worst commentator Vince McMahon worst commentator Gorilla Monsoon like what well, like, so, so Gorilla Monsoon right was well like so I always remember growing up like he was always winning worst commentator awards right but in and what? Like, so like you see like a I don't know like do you mean like Power Slam slag yeah, him off? Yeah, whatever. Like, like Power Slam slag yeah. him off. Wrestling Observer slag him off. Like you know you'd see it on the message boards like UKFF worst commentator of a decade. Gorilla Monsoon. Like do you know right. what I mean? Like yeah, stuff like yeah. that. But to me, Gorilla Monsoon was an absolutely fantastic commentator. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, like so big, so like larger than life. Like his everything he said was like I don't know. He had his uh, you know. His his little sayings that he'd say over yeah. and over again, and like a uh, I yeah, learned what a patella was, a was from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He made dislocated his patella, yeah. but he was a hell of a commentator, wasn't? I thought he was anyway. Yeah, and um, I think uh, I'm listening to, or I just listened to a podcast. Uh, it's Robbie E does it with a guy called Matt Coon. Why it ended, and they had just had Tony Schiavone on it, oh right? Yeah. And he say he's sort of talking about it. It's only today I listened to it, and he sort of says how. Uh, the reason why he's got back into wrestling and why he's doing like meet and greets and appearances and stuff, just said it's just the nostalgia of what you listened to. It was, just, it was a soundtrack of your childhood, and yeah. people love going back. I mean, I'm not, stating, I'm not already it. stating the obvious. Do you know what I mean? Like we've said this a million times, especially if we're a very nostalgia-filled podcast. Uh, but yeah, Tony Schiavone says uh, you just kind of love going back in the, to those memories of a child. So. We just we didn't know anything other than Gorilla Monsoon. Like I always say, I didn't know what a bad wrestling match was. 
I yeah. thought he was a, a good guy trying to beat a bad guy and vice versa. I didn't know what good wrestling match the was. First time, wrestling the was. first time I watched uh, Battle Royal the, at the Albert Hall, yeah. um, I didn't know what a bad wrestling match was. But about the fourth time I watched it, I think I'd worked it out. Right. There's a lot of bad matches on that show. Is there? Just long. But I okay. didn't even realise until... Do you know what it was? I went to my Auntie Venice's house. How many aunties have you got? It was, she's not a real I've auntie. I've never heard of Auntie Venice. So you only know Auntie Mavis. But Auntie Venice would have been my dad's side, okay. but like she wasn't actually my auntie. Okay. You know when you call someone an auntie. Yeah, yeah, I'd auntie, auntie Rita and Auntie Sheila and yeah. A little bit of Monica. <laughs> a little bit of Sheila. No. It sounded like that. A little bit of Rita. No. <laughs> Not that Auntie Sheila. But it did sound like Mambo number five oh, did with your aunties. Oh, okay. Did you get that what I was yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like the list of your aunties. <laughs> Trying to think of any others. Jessica? No. Sandra? No. Oh, you had an Auntie Sandra, I could tell. No, I didn't. I had an Auntie Sarge, but that was she's my real, my real Sarge. auntie. Sarge? Yeah, Sargent. She's from Malaysia. Like, um... Power, point, power plant. Slaughter. <laughs> <laughs> Sarge, yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah. Um, well, what were we talking about? Uh, well, we were trying to do so commentary teams. Oh, <laughs> commentary teams. <laughs> oh, no, oh, so I yeah, but I watched that Royal Battle Royal at the Albert Hall, yeah. Auntie Venice's house, and I never realised how long and boring it was. What the show I, or the match? The show, like the full show's long and boring. Really? If you watch a show, it's boring. I've watched the opening match a like, hundred times. The Rockers against the yeah, Nasty well, that's probably boys. exciting, isn't it? Yeah. I remember it was like Tito Santana against Ric Flair, which really wasn't very good. Okay. Um, for for me as a child, I've not watched it in years. Yeah. yeah. But like, I remember watching the full show back, and I was just like, this is long. <laughs> like. Yeah, mm. um, it was on a Sunday as well. I remember we had a roast dinner, and I remember because I on the telly. Did you watch it on the telly? No, I had a VHS. Okay, and um, like a literal silver vision VHS. Yeah, yeah. And um, the uh, and I and I always remember this as well. This is why I remember that day. Isn't it weird the stuff that comes back to us when we're talking, or me especially when I'm talking about this, uh, my my childhood. But Auntie Venice, she was the first person I knew that used to put plates in the oven. So like to I guess to keep the dinner warm or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My and, uh, funny enough, my mother-in-law does it. My she's the first. But I knew people did it, but she's the first person who actually does it. Yeah, and do she you know was like, she was like, watch out because it's hot. Yeah. Ah, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's not a bad idea, really. Well, it is because it burns a scolds yeah. you, doesn't it? Yeah, with you know, oven yeah. gloves, you know. Yeah, but what I mean is like I'm I'm sat here, I just I'm mm. an innocent child wanting to eat my dinner. You can't just say watch out. The first thing I'm going to do is like <laughs> why? Ah. <laughs> anyway. Um, so go on give a, a definitive answer favourite commentary team me and Kevin Okay, Kevin you. and I cool. uh, as well as um, Gorilla and Bobby the Brain I'm going to go with Jesse Ventura and Gorilla okay I'm trying to think of some really obscure mid 90s just to be different to you Charlie Min and Stephanie Wyand says <laughs> 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 they do WF Mania Todd Pettengill and she was a st- she was a yeah they were crazy then too, weren't they? Mm. And Todd Pettingale was a bit wha- like I never realised how loopy he was. He was like Jim. Like I always think he's like Jim Carrey on the mask. Yeah, he probably you know was. I mean? His act was probably quite uh, yeah. inspired by that. Yeah. yeah. And what was that other film he did? Ace Ventura. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah he might be right. Yeah. It, but it w- was it even pre oh, that? I'd get in trouble now, wouldn't it? What's that? Eyehorn is Finkel. Oh Finkel yeah, Finkel is Eyehorn. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can remember. Yeah, Todd Pettingale was very zany. Yeah, going through the. He was Jim Carrey. He was WrestleMania there. Nine, I think he was like Bobby the Brain. That was it. He called back to mm. Bobby the Brain. He's like Bobby the Brain. There you go. Um, 
Yeah, cool. So this All week's right. topic yes. of conversation, we're going to talk about uh, things that nearly were that never were. Yeah. Go. <laughs> right. So, well, in the, so, in the, so in the wrestling business, yes. right. So, so we're not we just to par- just we're not to rehashing confirm, an old. We're topic. not rehashing an old topic, although we just kind of thought of new examples. We're just calling it something else. But so like we did do one. Well, we things did, we were promised. Yeah, but this isn't necessarily things we were promised. This is just stuff which was planned. This which, was a which yeah. was underway and didn't. Yeah, it's almost like things. We're just rewording the title, but with new new uh, well, we're things not, we've come we're, up with. Well, let's just let's just hit them. Let's yeah. just hit them. So, uh, and it's not things we were promised. It's literally, uh, yeah. So anyway, what uh, have you got something you want to start with? Or uh, Well, my big one was, I don't know if it's still a TV show, but um, I'd mentioned a couple of weeks ago about when we were on the auditions for Minute to Win It, and we thought we were a go. And then Sir John Atkins confirmed for me on Twitter, Chris Roberts was the the oh, was the really? fifth man. So I reckon we, we had a good, I reckon there was five wrestlers there, or even four plus a... Uh, John. Plus John or four plus John's Chris like or well John's like a charming, isn't he? He's, he's like a good he's a good character. And they probably brought Chris in with his Welsh accent yeah, kind and of tall yeah. gangly. I think we had too like many uh plus ones. Do you know what I mean? We had two plus ones and we should have yeah, been a one team of four wrestlers plus, plus one. one. Plus his manager. manager. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were the four horsemen plus JJ. That's yeah. what we should have been. That's what you should have been, yeah. Um so it, so when was that? That was two thousand eleven. So I want to say a couple of years before that, you called me up. Uh, and it was just it was around the time whenever something TV would fall on your lap you'd always ask me if I'd love to do it and obviously I love the jump at the chance every time and you said I've had eggheads on the phone they want a team of wrestlers mm. okay so I can remember it got as far as you had an initial phone call you called me we discussed who we thought would be good for it and was it obviously we weren't celebrities obviously we weren't let me abundantly clear obviously we knew we weren't the celebrities but was it a charity gig or was it just like we were we just playing as against the eggheads i I'm can't just remember looking at my, i'm looking at my email here i never really watched eggheads i mean i watched it when you told me about it this thing could come team up. of energetic wrestlers great talking to you yeah i don't know but like so eggheads I, is it still on like it, i've got no idea well we should probably but explain what eggheads is but what's interesting so that was from so it looks like it was an ITV production, but for BBC. Okay. Because ITV PLC was the. Shall I give him a call now and see if he's still, he's still working? Still interested, yeah. This was in. So I can tell you. So this was in November two thousand and eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Ten years ago, to the yeah, to dot, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so. Uh, what, you, what are we going to do? Are you going to su- give a synopsis of Eggheads? Well, I, I, I'll look it up because uh, I said I think I only ever watched it once around egg the heads. time. The, egg, the Eggheads team are made up of some of Britain's top quizzers. They face a team. So it must have been like a, a gimmick one. Yeah. Um, That's, yeah, that was my question. Yeah, yeah, it must have been. They face a team of challengers trying to... Oh, no, maybe it wasn't a gimmick one. So you've got the top quizzers of the Eggheads. Yeah. Um, and they face a team of uh, challengers trying to beat... Um, the incumbents in order to win a cash prize. If the eggheads beat the challengers, the cash pr- uh, the cash prize is rolled over to subsequent episodes. Um, so, in it looks like it's still going. It could well be. I bet it's a very popular 2005 show. 2005 to dash. Okay. Um, so, maybe we asked... Oh, no. It looks like the last episode was in 2013, so we might not... Oh, <laughs> might not get a response. Might not still be in with a hope, but he might be working on another exciting mm. um, episode. Uh, you know, a TV show that we can get in on. And you know, oh no, it is still like it says current eggheads 2016, so it must still be going. Okay, it was Ryan. His name was. 
And there's 20 series of regular eggheads and eight of celebrity. Would we have been celebrity or would we have been regular? Who <laughs> knows? Just the regular. Um, so, uh, yeah, so when, so when this kind of stuff comes, you say, like I called you always, you'd be a go-to guy. And quite frankly, because you have muscles, yeah. right? And, um, you know, and on TV, it doesn't really matter how tall you are, does it? Because you you can always do the tiptoes behind the counter. For yeah. <laughs> Very well, I'm a professional <laughs> at that, yeah. So, uh, do you want to know who I learned that from? Uh, so in 2003, there was a British wrestling website, I believe run by Chris Hatch. One Stop Wrestling. Yeah, One Stop Wrestling. And uh, and Chick Cullen, I think it was Chick Cullen, was it Chick Cullen? Oh, God. He used to post on there a lot. So. Right, so I think it was Chick Cullen, who I've never met, but I have occasional um, back and forth with him. So like very rarely, but we'll kind of acknowledge each you other. You know each other. Yeah. You through, know of each other. Through social media, yeah. yeah. Um, and anyway, he was at a WWE show, and he was talking about when he was at backstage at a WWE show, and he knew Chris Benoit from his time in Stampede. And he, he put a picture up with him and Benoit. And he said, oh, and Benoit even had to do the wrestler trick of standing on your tiptoes. And you're like, oh, light bulb. Uh, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> boom, I'm going to do that now. So, yeah. So it it's a ro- long running joke now, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That, that's what I do. Yeah. So nothing annoys me more is when everyone else then goes on tiptoes. Yeah. So it defeats your <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um So, uh, so yeah, so. Uh, so you, because of muscles, yeah. but then I'd always try to, like, I'd always just try to get, I guess, the stereotypical wrestlers. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, on this one, it may have been guys like uh, Dave Mastiff, yeah. Leroy Kincaid. Yestin Reese. Yestin Reese. He was probably the champion at yeah. the time, was he? Uh, yeah, I imagine probably so. Probably yeah. was, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, it'd be either Yestin or Leroy would have been, no, it'd be Yestin, yeah. Yestin would have been the champion, yeah. Yeah, so he'd go so, on with the belt. So he'd go on with the belt, yeah. Mm. Do you know what I mean? There's always guys like that. Or then I got, so, you know, like, most of the time, Terry Frazier looked a bit like a thug, yeah. you know, but then obviously when he um, he was when he became, like, a TV actor, <laughs> he was always getting uh, he was always getting typecast as an angry chav. <laughs> so uh, yeah. he leaned down. Um, obviously, like, Shah did uh, quite a few things for me, um, Shah Samuels, because he had that. You know, he's still, he looks like a big cartoon look, he's character, got, He's a wrestler, isn't he? Isn't he? So yeah. If he told someone he's a wrestler... Was he Blue Toe on Popeye? Is that yeah. the one? Yeah, Blue Toe, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he always tried to get, like, those wrestler, th- you know, wrestler-looking guys. So that's why, again, as well as being my mate, but that's why a lot of opportunities came your way in terms of that, because yeah. you look like a wrestler. But then, uh, yeah, just as as with a lot of stuff in life, just nothing transpired with it, did yeah, it? Yeah, I'm like, sure that we got, like, can you be available... For this yeah, day. I think so. Yeah, yeah. It was and then what was that? That was probably the last we heard, yeah, of it, yeah. I guess. And then much, probably much like the minute to win it. And we were sat there waiting for the phone to ring on that day. I wasn't, I wasn't going, but like, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, much like the minute to win it thing. You just, just never heard back as a no confirmation. But email, again, I still have the same phone number as I did in two thousand and eight. Yeah, which I thought was funny because when when Pac was uh, at the wrestling. The other day, uh-huh. someone had a poster sign, like a poster of Pat to sign. Yeah, and the phone number on it was my phone number. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah. still my phone number yeah, now. Yeah. I've never, I've, I've never changed mine since like yeah. 2001, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was quite amusing. Mm. Um. So, uh, so yeah, so that never happened. Yeah, but could you imagine how fun that would have been? It would have been. I'm sure it would have been very fun. Yeah, yeah. especially, but it would have been also been embarrassing when you and your one GCSE. Uh, <laughs> 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 um. So. Uh, don't look at me like that. Um, mm. <laughs> um, it's not a substitute for life experience, though, GCSEs. So you've got a lot of that. Exactly, right? yeah. Um, so, uh, that, but that's an example of, you know... Yeah. What did we call... We might as well call... You must have said it six times in last week's episode. This is what you missed out on. 
you know, when I said, oh, we were going to do one on this, but we couldn't quite get it together. Yeah. And you go, so this is almost what this episode is going to be like. This yeah. is what we, what we missed out on. Yeah. So we, we know how you feel when we mm. say, oh, we're going to talk about that later and then never do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what you could have won. Here's what like, you could have won. That was yeah, it. That's that what you bullseye, kept saying. That's wasn't it? Like when they used to be like, you could have won mm, a speedboat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Uh, we there's no real timeline here of stuff we're gonna do. But yeah, like just stuff which a few people out, missed yeah. out on. Um, should I do? Should I do the biggie where I was nearly rich? Oh yeah, go on. Yeah. So before Vince McMahon was uh, causing headlines with his Middle Eastern shows, I was approached by someone to run a tour in Abu Dhabi in the yeah. Middle East. Yeah. Um, and this was before. So this was when. Um, the Middle East was identified as um, a place where people spent lots of money, basically. <laughs> right. Developing. And like, they were know. trying to bring in as many different American things as possible. And from what I understand, from what I remember, so we all started with a phone, random phone call. And again, this was from, and this is crazy as well. So this was, again, I'm pretty sure from my number he got from a local show, a newspaper from a local show that was being advertised or whatever. You know, so you put an ad in the paper, an ad in the paper, which is always a false economy, and I and I never put ads in papers now. But I'm always thinking like, print me just dead. But I'm always thinking like, oh, maybe if I did put my number in more newspapers, yeah. some more of these type opportunities might come along. Um, and anyway, uh, talks got quite serious, right, with this guy, and, and he wanted uh, to run. He wanted to run some shows. So 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 basically, he was a. Um, so he was a guy who, um, I guess he was a finder, so he'd get a finder's fee. So he put, for example, he put Disney on ice into Abu Dhabi or wherever it was. I'm pretty sure Abu Dhabi. But I remember he sent me, like, all these magazines. Um, oh, in fact... I tell a lie. He got in touch with me because of Dan. Really? Yeah, Dan put him in touch with me. Okay. Um. So, uh, so yes, yeah, so it looks like I just carried on the conversation. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So he's like, yeah. So he set me up with that. Yeah. Um. So. We'd had lots of conversations about where this was going. Through emails. And on, on the phone. Okay. Emails on the phone. And he sent me through a load of packs of like, um, kind of, uh, I guess, like magazines about what an exciting uh, thing that they were doing in uh, Abu Dhabi, I guess. Okay, so sort of like, like a promotional pack. Yeah, promotional like Bring pack. your business to Abu yeah, Dhabi. Absolutely. Like, okay. Yeah, absolutely. And he was like, and, and the way he sold it to me was all these shows are going to be paid for. Right, and he like I swear to God, right? He made out that I'd walk away from that from one tour. Obviously, I'd have to split it, but he he like he worked out he he made out I'd walk away from one tour with a quarter of a million pounds. Really? So he said, "Yeah, Jesus." Right, and it and he <laughs> my because it was like X amount of money. I can't remember what it was, but he was like, "So you'll make fifty k a show, for example, yourself personally." Like, mm. so we'll pay for everything. And he said, "Put fifty k on top for yourself, right?" And 
it's prudent to run multiple shows whilst we're out there. So, you know, whatever it was, do five shows, whatever. So, you know, we're like 250k. And we do it like once or twice a year. And I'm like, probably like eight, what, I don't know when this was, 2009 this was. So, I don't know how old I would have been. So, like maybe 20, I don't know, whatever. Well, it was nine years ago. So, how old are you now? 32. So, you'd have been 21. 21 years old. Yeah, 21 yeah. years of age. <laughs> right, imagine that. Yeah, that's right? crazy. Imagine that, how mm. different everyone's lives would have been. Right? Mm-hmm. All the wrestlers as well, right? Yeah, right, right, yeah. Um, so, uh, again, so he, so, so one of the things he wanted was uh, he wanted former WWE wrestlers. And of course, by this stage, I was very familiar with NWE. So I was just like, well, we'll just essentially do the NWE model, but in in the United in Arab, yeah. Arab, Arab Emirates, Abu Dhabi. Um, so I was like, yeah, we'll just do that. And... Uh, yeah, and we'll be good to go. So I'd made in media packs. I'd like li- everything that we didn't didn't have, right? So which I still don't have. I don't have a new media pack to this day. I don't think. <laughs> so uh, lesson learned, eh? But like it was like all this stuff that we had to produce, and all of a sudden I was having to produce it on the fly. Do you know what I mean? It's like, can you get the media pack? Yep, yep, yep. Past all these things, ticking all these boxes of like, yep, got past this bit, got past this bit, got past this bit, putting in all this work, and uh, and I guess yeah. So they and they'd initially approached WWE about it, and WWE weren't interested. So, and again, this is 2009, so it's a very different WWE to what it is mm-hmm. to this day. And I'm sure WWE probably wound up going there in the end. I don't, I don't know. They certainly did. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and then ultimately, it all came down to. He wanted to come and see a show. <laughs> Which, again, this is where you come in, isn't <laughs> it? Well, I was on the show. And unfortunately, yeah. he picked the worst show <laughs> to come to. Um, so he came to one of our holiday camp shows. And one of the... And I say it with all due respect. Because <laughs> normally we do, like, singles matches and then a six-man tag. Yeah. But for whatever reason, on this day, we were doing three singles matches with the winners qualifying for a championship match at the end. Yeah. And it just so happened that the championship match came down to Andy Boy Simmons, yep. the Lion Kid, yep. and Dave Morales, yep. who's, of course, Dave Mastiff now. Mm-hmm. And nothing happened in the match at all. It was like... And I and you knew the guy was there, right? I, I told you the guy was there. Yeah, you knew the guy was there. Yeah. And anyway, the match was just... Nothing happened in the match at all. It was just literally like, I think the Lion Kid did a crossbody off the top, a yeah. high cross, mm-hmm. and uh, and it just was what it was. Yeah. The people there enjoyed it, but it was just like... I mean, I could tell you the biggest flaw in the whole plan straight away. The fact that there was two baby faces and one here. Yeah. I mean, three-way suck as it is. So I mean, but I think I mean, it's, easy, it's easy before you sit there, and I know you're not placing any blame on me whatsoever, but in hindsight, we look back and should have, we should have just done our six-man tag, that always yeah. gets a good reaction. Absolutely. And then, but if you were adamant for whatever reason on this day you wanted to do a triple threat match, I don't know, maybe you wanted to show him there was a championship match, I don't know, but just do the simple formula of two heels, one good guy, because triple threats suck as it is. So... All right, mate. Chill out. Well, that, that's my point. It's like, then he could have um, come out and been so like, oh, it was bloody good fun, that. But anyway... He didn't. He only came... And the, the worst thing was, he only turned up for that match. Oh, did he? He came during the intermission. Like oh, a, so, when everyone was okay, going, so we never even that. saw re- the rest of the show. Yeah, because the rest of the show was probably really so he good only fun. saw he only saw that match. Mm-hmm. Can you remember um, who else was on the show? 
No. Is it sort of like the... It would be like T-Bone. No, it would have been like... Because if Dave was there, it would have been T-Bone. Yeah. Um, Manson, maybe? Madman Manson? No, I don't think... Maybe. I don't know, but probably not. Like, uh, maybe Derice, Mm -hmm. Ashton Smith. Yeah. Maybe. Um... Maybe Haskins was there. Okay. Yeah. I'd start to say he probably was. Lion Kid was there, yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe Joel as well. I don't know. Um, okay. Because they used to be a Joel, Lion Kid, and Haskins used to be a trio. And then there might have been, it might have just been Dave, you, and uh, T-Bone. T-Bone, yeah. And tell everyone what he said. He was like, oh, so the stuff you do for us is... It's not going to be like that, is it? <laughs> I, thought he I, said, I thought he said, it's going to be better than this. Oh, is it? It? Maybe it's going to be better <laughs> than this, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, 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 definitely, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, this is just obviously just for the kids, this one. Mm-hmm. So, like, obviously, you know, we're, the stuff we do, we bring, pro- like, you know, we're yeah, bringing... Yeah, yeah. And then, ultimately, I managed to win it, like, so even after that, though, mm-hmm. I managed to win him back over, right? And uh, I put together quite a formidable crew. And uh, no, none of these guys had agreed to do it per se because we had no dates so but I had to say to people because this was at a time when um, I had to say to people would you be interested in coming to the Middle East I mean if you know if the opportunity was there would you come yeah because there was a you know a, mm-hmm. the world like I say the world was a different place yeah, a yeah. lot of people were scared of traveling to different places mm-hmm. you know um so i had a list of people who were you've just reminded me of one actually talking about that specific thing about the world being a different place and people were scared to travel places um so let's have a look so the the roster that we'd come up with so as well as the british guys we had uh so mr kennedy who i guess must have just been released umaga scotty too hotty Al Snow, the New Age Outlaws, Road Dog and Billy Gunn, the Basham Brothers, Dag- Doug and Danny Basham, which I think, like, I remember emailing Doug and saying, "Would your Would your kayfabe brother be interested mm. in coming out of?" Because uh, he was retired. Oh, really? Right? Just quit yeah, the yeah. Um The ECW Vampire, Kevin Thorne, Val Venus. He was your best mate for a bit. Was <laughs> yeah. the ECW Vampire Val Venus? Yeah. And guess who the last name on the list is? <sighs> Topical. Pack. No. Oh, he was in WWE. Uh, the. the I don't know. Go on. Come on, topical. Rikishi. No. Triple H. No. I don't know. Uh, we talked about him today. No, but recently on this podcast. Big Vito. No. Hardcore Holly. Yeah. No way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then I put, uh, so, and what's also interesting, we've also had a high flyer from Canada who wrestles under the name of El Generico and with extensive tours of Japan, Mexico, the US and Europe is considered one of the hottest unsigned talents in the world today. He also has a big upside in the sense he can speak fluent Arabic. We'd be using him to open the shows and welcome fans to our presentation. Right. So I'm very, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah that's a good shout. Yeah. yeah. So uh, isn't that interesting though? Mm. You know, and then ultimately it all fell through because, so we got, so I managed to save it and then it kind of felt, then it all, and, and that was like, oh, cool, yep. And then ultimately it all fell through because then they decided, unless it has the WWE logo on it, we can't do it. And they said, if you can get someone in the WWE to answer our phone calls, we'll give you a finder's fee. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So, never happened. No. So. Might be the same guy who's involved with running. Well, you know, when they did run Abu Dhabi, might be the same guy. It may be, yeah. and it may be the same. Yeah. Imagine that, and imagine that if, a, if, a, if, a, if, like, for example, like the crown jewel in Saudi Arabia <laughs> yeah, and all yeah. that stuff was from that same guy. Imagine <laughs> that, like the millions and millions, <laughs> and millions. Good old yours. Yeah. Oh, cool. 
so that was a there's a funny story for you but yeah. like but again like stuff so uh, people don't believe me when i say like and, and again it's not i don't think it happens as much anymore because i think i like but maybe it's just because there's more visibility to wrestling so other people are getting the calls as well as me but i think i was very good at marketing myself so whenever there was a tv thing i'd get the call you yeah, know i mean i just think when you were ipw as in international pro wrestling i think there was something very um eye-catching about that name yeah. it sounded very very um top end do you know what i mean Inter- you couldn't get much more without using the letters world wrestling federation or world championship wrestling international pro wrestling sounds like the best one do you know what's got a good ring to it Revolution Pro. Wow, you got it in one. <laughs> um, and I'll tell you, and I, but I have had a few more calls lately, and I'll tell you about one I had to turn down, which I'll. Uh, sure, let's just tell it now. Who Do cares? I know it? No, I told you about. Uh, I I, I texted you about it, and I said, oh, I nearly got uh, one of our wrestlers signed up to this thing. So basically, I'll tell you about it. Go on. Okay, so I've turned it down. And it may turn up to be turn out to be oh something. Oh yeah, huge, of course, yeah. Right. So um, I get a phone call from this guy. And I forget where he said he was coming, calling from. He said he was calling from, but it was like a, uh, um, it was a, it was a big film company, okay. like a big film company. Like if you, well, like Warner uh, like Brothers or something. No, but it was like, um, oh God, what? The, y- you'd recognise the name of a film company okay. if, if it. But he, he's, a, I'm calling from here. Yeah. Right. And he's going. We're looking to do a test shoot, right? And he's like, um, with a wrestler, um, and he's like, have you got any? Do you, is it something that you do? Can you hire out wrestlers? So I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just laughing. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, yes, it's something we can do. Right. Right. And he goes, well, at the moment, it's just it's just an informal test shoot. So we'd come to their um, living room or their their house. We'd come to their house, or if you've got a, if you've got a place that they could do it, we we you know we'll come to them and we're you know we'll just bring a camera and a little video camera and we'll film a couple of bits and pieces um, and then if the if the producers like them then we go on to um, you know offer them a deal for the, the contract and he goes it's I think he said it's like something like 300 quid for he said it's like just be, it'd be like maximum one hour so he's like you know we just pop down he's like 300 quid you know that's a and, and I, he's like would that be okay and I'm thinking oh well, yeah that'd be alright <laughs> the guys sure. would be the guys would be up for that and he's like, um, and I'm thinking, ah, oh, maybe I'll take 50 quid off the top, you mm-hmm. know. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, but if it's successful, and then it comes into the, uh, and we we wind up doing the film, he said, like, it'll be much more money. And he said, and you will get a percentage of what they've, you know, what they make for the film. And it could be a lot, right? So all all sounds good so far, right? And I was like, yeah, I've got a few guys that come into mind. And then he's like, uh just want to check and he's like you know there's nothing sexual but there's a suggestion of kind of a homoerotic nature and he's like would you guys be okay with that for the film and i'm like yeah i'm sure it'd be fine because we're all cool do you know what i mean we don't mm-hmm. like you know if it's a is if it's a role in a film yeah sure that you know yeah, it's a bit like when it's the Black Mirror thing, isn't it? Convincing yeah. my mum that I'm not actually... Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, right. So it's like... But it's like, yeah, because he's, like, he's not like he's doing porn, is it? You no. Know, he's, you know, he's playing a... a, a, a well, I, I guess... So, again, the way it was worded to me was like, there's no suggestion of it. And he said, the, the way it works in the scene is... Uh, this happens, so... 
a guy will walk in, he's a big burly guy, and he'll walk in and he'll see this wrestler. And he said, but then he kept going like, oh, he has to be like, have a tight body and he has to look a bit slender but big at the same time, right? And he's going like, a, and he needs to, you know, be putting a submission hold on another wrestler, right? <laughs> yeah. And he said, and he catches the eye of the main character of this, um, of, the, of this, this film, right? And he said, you never see anything between the two guys, but then in a later scene, you see the two together implying that they're a couple. Okay. Right? So again, I'm still, at this point, I'm still like, oh, I'm sure that'd be fine. Yeah. Right? Because I'm just like, okay. what, you know, it could be like a dream sequence a in a Tom Cruise movie. No, but like, I, well, no, like, I'm just like, again, it's just acting, right? Yeah. So, but that's my point. None of the wrestlers will have a problem with portraying that, like, a, a homosexual character, mm-hmm. straight or, or gay. They, they, they won't care about that, right? Yeah. So, and so I'm like, yeah, I'm sure that'll be fine, right? But then, when the alarm bells started ringing, because he kept going like, and he'll be okay with that. He'll be okay with putting a submission hold on. And like, and then he goes, well, it'll probably be just me that comes down to the shoot. Right. <laughs> right. To the test shoot. He's like, it's very informal, you know, it'd just be like sitting down, having a cup of tea and then doing the shoot. Right. Okay. And he's like, and obviously nothing's guaranteed. And he's like, oh, we'll just pay him cash on the day. Is that okay? Right. And then all of a sudden it's like, hang on a minute. Mm. Like, are you trying, and like, are you trying to use a film as a guise to do some living room wrestling yeah, on the yeah, cheap? Yeah, yeah, sure. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I was like, and I was still going like, I'm sure it'll be fine. And then he texted me and was like, Oh, Andy, like, do you, have you heard from this guy? Like, is it is it going to be fine? Is he is he okay with it? Is he okay with it? Right. And then I got an email, and the email was not from a. It said like a. He said, these are my colleagues, and gave different numbers. Call them once you've spoken to the guy. But like the email wasn't from a uh, TV studio email. Okay. And I was like, okay. I'm not gonna get involved with this just in case I, because sure. like, because you know I've got to safeguard the wrestlers as well. I don't want to like, you know, I don't want to lead someone into some, you know. Yeah, that ends up being sold, distributed to distributed something to that we're told it's not. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So like, an all for three hundred quid for a test shoot. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I was like, hmm, I wonder what happened there. And like I say, like I could have just completely misjudged the situation and been completely unaware. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I, I could be completely wrong. It could be that this goes on to be a massive. Uh, you know, a massive film, yeah. and we see something similar to what I've just described in a in this huge movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, well, should have done it. Should have done that. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, like I say, like if it was at a TV studio, or you know, if it wasn't just like, oh, it'd probably just be me and my camera. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Like, right. Uh, you know, and, and this actor, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, oh, God, you didn't put me in for so. that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, there you go. Okay. Uh, there you go. A story from nothing there. Um, go on then. You. Uh, well, I didn't really have very many off the top of my head, did I? But should, uh, we, should we talk about like the the thing, the mate, the the thing that could have been for a lot of the uh, when TNA for FWA. Oh, that was about big. One? Yeah. So so this isn't obviously. Um, this isn't us first hand. Yeah, it's not yeah. us. But we were around at the time. Yeah, so I remember being a big uh, big uh, bone of contention for some of the wrestlers was in uh, what two thousand and. So, so set the scene. The wrestling channel would been announced. They'd done some test runs. Um, 
the the FWA announced they were going to be like a big part of the channel. You know, they're exclusively the only and they British. Were, they were just about to do another relaunch, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so they were. So FWA so they, announced they, they, they were going to be the only ones. wondering as well. So uh, the the relaunch that FWA did was essentially like they didn't run any shows for months. <laughs> yeah. This is like, how do we explain not doing any shows for months? Yeah. Yeah, I remember Alex being like, oh, we're going to relaunch in January. And I think they, they were going to run Brent Town Hall. And it was just the first date they could get was like early March. Yeah, right. So yeah. they went from the end of middle of October 2003, although it was six months. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Crazy. half a year. But again, that's another thing I say, always say about um, wrestling in those days compared to now. Like I say, and I say it time and time again, you run a huge show um, on a Saturday night. By Sunday night, someone else has run a big show and no one's talking about it anymore. But in yeah. those days, FWA could literally trade off of, oh, well, we had 400 people at the Broxbourne Civic Hall like four months ago. Yeah, <laughs> Do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Despite the fact Dixon was doing thousands at the Liverpool Empire. And but, stuff I, like but I mean, yeah, but again, there was a difference, wasn't there, in a sense that. Yeah, Dixon FWA's was making loads of money. Well, he was, yeah, but, yeah. but also, but in terms of FWA, it was consequential. Yeah, yeah, and I think that in terms of, and again, it depends what you're looking at it for. If you're looking at it making money, Dixon's a winner. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at it in making a lasting legacy, Dixon's FWA, a winner. No, <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, it, all right, I get your point. FWA is a winner because FWA, you know, can say we helped shape wrestling in this country the way it is to this day. Yeah, they, they in many in many ways they revolutionised the style of professional wrestling. And I'm sure if they didn't do it, someone else would have ushered it in. But you can't say for what you can't you can't say that they haven't had a lasting legacy. And I, I mean you can make your arguments about Brian Dixon because he's kept wrestling alive in this country for many, many years, many times when it was done done, um, and he's kept that alive. But um, So here's a question I have for you. So somebody did a Facebook post the other day. I even snapshotted you, I was gonna send it to you and it was uh Oh, me and my mates wrestling in our back garden used to draw more people to it than, you know, most shows in wrestling in 2006, right? Yeah. And I, 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 I never get involved in these things, but you want to just write, what shows were you on into it? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's funny right. that, because 1PW yeah. were drawing good houses. Brian Dixon was certainly drawing good houses. IPW had their thing. And do you know what I mean? Every, I'm not saying I didn't do dud shows. I did plenty of dud shows. Yeah. But I also did shows with bloody good houses as well. Yeah. Um, that's that misconception that we've sort of taught by this sort of new generation of wrestlers. Have we yeah, saved British wrestling? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so uh, so when we say about Brian Dixon being like, oh, the wrestling was on its ass in 1995, maybe it wasn't. Do you know what I mean? Like, maybe, we, we, yeah, maybe we're the ones we, sat yeah, there going, so, oh, yeah. we saved British wrestling, you know? Well, I, we don't know. What you, so what do you mean, sorry? You so like, uh, you know, so when Brian Dixon, I think the story is he was running three halls once a month, which was Colston Hall in Bristol, uh, Fairfield, Fairfield Halls, halls Croydon, um, Hanley, uh, yeah. it, it, whatever the hall is in Hanley, he ran it for years. So I think the thing is, he was there once a month, for those three shows. That's essentially how he kind of kept British wrestling alive. But the the story is, oh, the the business was on its ass. He wasn't drawing. But who's taught us that? Do you know what I mean? Like, was it somebody who did one show at Hanley once and it was empty? Yeah, but maybe, then the yeah, other yeah. the other eleven times a year it was packed. Yeah, we, we, we don't, don't know. know. Yeah. We only, but that's, that's, we have that. Um, but that's the same. That's wrestling business throughout. And like, if you ever watch a, you know, like the WWE revisionist history documentaries, bloody yeah. good documentaries. But if you mm. look at it, so much of it is like kind of all factually incorrect. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like even like the Monday Night Wars, the way they fabricate it to paint the picture mm-hmm. that they want you to to see. Yeah. So yeah, you're you are you're a hundred percent right. We we don't know for sure. We we can only tell you from our personal experiences of of what the industry was like and yeah, and, and sure. what have you. So uh, and like and like my my personal experience starts I guess towards it, it must have been 
2000s. 2000s yeah early 2000s 2000 yeah as a fan you mean yeah yeah, yeah in terms of early like, 2000s yeah, yeah so i can tell you firsthand in the early 2000s what, what, what the horse yeah. were like but who knows what it was like in 95 96 you know which i imagine was terrible because for wwe it was terrible but like who knows there's yeah, no right. <laughs> there's well no there was there was always the thought process of when wrestling came off the telly the houses went up like an ITV when it came off ITV, the house went up because the only place on the people could see it, they had to go the see it live. Yeah, yeah. And then, but then they say like, but then it didn't evolve. Then, then WWF came yeah. along and dro- everything dropped off. And, so. uh, but then there was a, but then the, they must have had its ups and downs as well, though, because obviously there was a Bulldog tour mm-hmm. as well, which did tremendous business. Right. And, and but but for me, I'd be like, wow, that Bulldog tour that could have been British wrestling's opportunity. Like, first of all, how th- like we've just been looking through this scrapbook, right? Which we can talk about another time. Yeah. Right? But. Bulldogs all over that, uh-huh. right? There's no chance in hell that, even if it was a one-off special, that British wrestling couldn't have got some TV coverage for that right. Bulldog tour. Yeah. yeah and, and I mean, like, a you know, a, even if it was a one-off special. And do you know what I mean? For all we know as well, because Bulldog went back to WWF essentially immediately after and that tour. Yeah, and who knows? They were just like, oh, we've, yeah, England's oh doing my God, good business. Yeah, yeah, we'll have that Bulldog back. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> that's a possibility, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Maybe there was one in the works. Maybe mm. it was like, oh, we're going to do a TV special. Like, oh, Bulldog's going to have his own promotion and whatever. Yeah, yeah. And they pulled it away. I, remember, I don't know if it's in the scrapbook. I can remember reading something as a kid being like, British Bulldog wants to join the Gladiators. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been cool. Yeah. So uh, shortly after his WWF run, that's when yeah. Gladiators is exploding. Yeah. So, so anyway, back to... FWA New Frontiers 2004. So, uh, so the story relayed to us uh, was the so uh, TNA TNA NWA so, so, TNA. So basically, so out of note, so NWA TNA at the time was obviously real serious competition for WWE. They were still, but they well, they weren't. But like they were, uh, we, they were trying. Weren't they, yeah. uh, but they had big names, and it was the closest thing to WCW. And at the time, they were doing weekly pay per views at the National Nashville Fairgrounds, right? Yeah. And th- and out of nowhere, they announced this X Cup. And the first thing we saw was Team UK was announced. I, like I never, so I never heard any rumblings. I saw it announced before I heard the, I heard the rumblings after. Okay. Right. So from my experience, the, the Team UK was announced, and it was like Frankie Sloan, Dean Allmark, James Mason. Yeah. And was it Kid Cool? No, it was, was uh, Robbie Dynamite. Oh, Robbie Dynamite. And the team captain was Dave, Dave Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. Right. So, uh, um, so that and, and and at the time that was a big shock. Because obviously Johnny Storm and Jody Fleisch and Doug Williams were making the huge names for themselves around the independent wrestling circuit, which was more suited to the TNA style of yeah, wrestling. No, but also, like X-Division. you know, you'd had Homicide in FWA. You'd had a yeah AJ a Styles, May yeah, yeah of course had. AJ Styles, yeah, of course AJ, AJ came Styles. before TNA. Yeah, 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 and Jerry Lynn. Yeah, so all these guys who now work for TNA, so it's almost like TNA have come up with this idea. Yeah. Let's get a Team England, which is perfectly acceptable. Oh, who do we get? We get Doug Williams, Johnny Storm, Jody Flyer, and Andy Wilson. No, <laughs> <laughs> I want to say the fourth man might well have been Nigel McGuinness, but I don't think Nigel McGuinness no, was Nigel McGuinness really. Well, he was By that, he was Nigel McGuinness, but he but wasn't. I, who I he don't think Nigel McGuinness was a fourth guy because, like, Nigel McGuinness at that time was touring with Dixon, right? Yeah, two, yeah I think he probably was. Yeah. So I don't think he was a fourth guy. Okay. But he certainly wasn't the Nigel McGuinness that was over in yeah, Ring of Honor. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah, okay. So uh, who would the fourth guy have been? I don't know. Robbie Brookside? Maybe Robbie Brookside. I don't know. But it was an FWA team, though. Yeah, yeah. But they would have just been Team UK, right? Yeah, but it was but it was being provided by yeah. FWA, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so let's, I, I think the fourth man was going to be Robbie Brookside because I think Robbie Brookside was then put in the All-Star team because the FW, right? Robbie Brookside wasn't in the All Star team. No, no, no. But he's the one who like, oh, well, I can't do it. He couldn't do it for whatever reason. 
So here's oh, Frankie Sloan, Dave Mason, D. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We're kind of speculating. But anyway, that was a big thing. Um, was uh, Alex Shane, you know, wouldn't let him go because it clashed with the FWA New Frontiers relaunch, which were the first TV tapings for the, the wrestling, wrestling channel. channel. And, they hadn't <laughs> and they hadn't run a show in six months. Yeah. And, so and they needed them there. Like, it couldn't have been any worse timing. Do you know it could have been any other weekend of the year? And this was when they were all like, well, could it have been James, the other guy, maybe? James Ty? Yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah, possibly. Um. And and this was a time when they were all signed to contracts, wasn't it? What the FWA guys? Yeah. No. Nah. Was it? Was it not? No. Nah, the FWA. Those contracts came. Year, those those contracts weren't FWA contracts. They were. Um, I don't know what contracts they were, but it's only do with Alex's super shows. He'll give you so many super shows yeah. a year. Yeah. Was a yeah, contracts. It was, a, it was about eighty con- months after. A that. contracts and B contracts, weren't they? Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but they so they th- th- because of the FWA TV tapings, they weren't allowed to go. Yeah. So. Imagine they were very upset about that. Oh, yeah, I can't imagine that went down too <laughs> but like, well. And and who knows? And and by and I'm sure Dean or Mark will tell you by his own accounts. Like, so I I don't think it went swimmingly for them. Mm-hmm. And I think he will tell you he's improved a ton since he was there. But they were kind of thrown in the deep end. Yeah. And they were working the Mexicans, right? Yes. Who are hard to like if you don't know the style, it's hard to right to work. You know, mm-hmm. and they don't work very well with other people's styles. Uh, in general, you know, yeah, yeah. sweeping generalisation, because <laughs> um, there's obviously exceptions like Pentagon and Phoenix, and but those exceptions become huge superstars because those Mexicans are so talented. Um, but anyway, uh, but who, I'm sure Jody Fleisch and Johnny Storm would have torn it up against them. Doug yeah. Williams as well. He was a hell of a worker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so there you go. There you go. Another, another what could have been. Mm. Um, Anymore? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I remember having... Uh, so when FWA... Oh, you got pulled from a show because of FWA, didn't you? I d- well, yeah, I did. This was a, the later incarnation of FWA, <laughs> which I know we've touched upon this. Still on playing games all those years <laughs> later. <laughs> FWA 2.0. We've uh, we've touched upon this before, but the time when I got asked to do two days in Malta that you went to, and it clashed with a show in Bridport in the middle of nowhere. And, and I'd like to add, it wasn't two days in Malta. It oh, was, was like, like five f- days yeah, or two was, shows or something. Two shows and it was brilliant. Yeah. Time of my life. Johnny Moss, Pac, and myself. I, I'm, I remember writing Alex's email. Jody like, Fleisch. Mr. Kennedy. No, uh, Chuck Palumbo. Chuck Palumbo was there, yeah. yeah. Um, Tiny Iron. Hitting the town. T-Bone was there. I bet it was good. So anyway, I remember writing Alex an email saying... Please, sir. Oh, you know, I got offered these shows and you've got the show in Bridport. And this is when Alex... Mr. Kennedy inten- was there. Yeah. Was there, yeah. This is when Alex intended on making me the FWA champion. So I was just like, well, I can't... I knew I wouldn't be able to get away with it. And I, I sent him an email saying, oh, I've been offered these two shows. They clashed with this show in Bridport. I w- I, and Andy, I'm going to say there was it was more than two shows because I'm pretty sure... Nah. What I, oh, what like, you mean? Yeah, because <laughs> we did... like So we did shows before going to Malta. No, I definitely missed two shows. Okay, well, there was shows before Malta as well, so you mm. definitely missed those as well. I, d- I don't think 100, so. Th- there was a hundred... I'm telling you, I never went straight to Malta. We did shows before Malta. Well, whatever. Uh, yeah, I remember it being Malta and you coming back telling me how good it was because Alex has said... And Alex, to be fair, I'm not riding Alex. Like He was well within his rights to say... Yeah, because you you've committed the to these dates. I've, you've committed to these dates. So it's not even like a contract thing. It's just like, I've committed to the dates. Yeah. So... Uh, and Fair you signed enough. the contract. Sorry? And you signed the contract yeah. that you said you'd never sign. <laughs> no way I'm signing that. Mm. Congratulations, FWA's newest signee, Andy Boyce. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that that was, uh, you know, 
whatever. You know, I've never we been to Malta. Cr- we had a cracking time. We really did. Yeah. Yeah. We could probably Good. do a whole podcast about our time in Malta. <laughs> we had security guards, like we had security guards um, with us all the time. They're like you can't leave the you can't leave a hotel without security guards. But mm-hmm. like we snuck out, didn't we? Yeah. Did you? And That's uh, stupid. and there was an owner. That happens in this week's Walking Dead, actually. Don't spoil. Okay. Um, and there was an owner who, uh, uh, th- one of the promoters, he'd take us out places and buy us stuff. We went to an autograph signing in a Burger King. I had to sign autographs as yeah. well. But do you know <laughs> the best signing napkins? Do you know what the best part about that was? Yeah. They had like show posters or autograph sheets or whatever. Okay. The best part about that. Go on. Everyone free thought you were. No. Nope. Okay. Free Burger King. Really? Wow. Yeah. We did a signing in a school as well, which was kind of crazy. I remember you showing me pictures. But, of that. Then, like, but, all the co- but it was like one of those scenes. So I, I always likened it to, you know when you see like footage of Bret Hart in India? Yeah. Where yeah. all the kids used to flock to him? Mm-hmm. Right. And obviously, the only reason all the kids flocked to us was because we were in school. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It yeah. wasn't like you kids from everywhere came about. Really. Yeah. Yeah. And like, obviously, and like uh, yeah, all the kids came swarming. Was Big Vito uh, there for that? Uh, at the school? Big Vito was there, yeah. He, he, he loved, loved it. it. He, he did yeah. love it. Yeah, he was like, they're treating us right here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was good. Um, so anyway, that was a good time. You missed out. Mm-hmm. Mimo and you did. Missed it, missed out. Oh, okay. Um, uh, and should we do, uh, let's do one last one as we close. Hour 15 minutes in. Oh, I goodness think me. We've, we've more than redeemed ourselves for last week's episode, haven't we? Yeah, I it's feel. been quite positive. So uh, last one, um, Summer Sizzler, when Shinsuke Nakamura debuted, what year might that be? 2014. 2014, would that be? Yes. And was that Prince Devitt's last show? I believe so, yeah. Okay, so... Incidentally, it's the same show. Jay White came to meet Bad Luck Farley. There you go. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah the, the hotel show. in London. Yeah, and yeah. that started off this uh, whole... Isn't it funny? It's that butterfly effect, isn't it? All right. One, one action leads to another. That's it. So you, another. you ran the show. You flew over Bad Luck Farley. Jay White met Bad Luck Farley at the hotel you paid for. And UK Kid uh, once said on to me... He slept on my uh, hotel floor as well, Jay White. <laughs> Did he? Night, yeah. And UK Kid said... Because he could just have a bed now, I'd have a floor. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. UK Kid once said to me, oh yeah, do you remember Jay White, the kid I got in Japan? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Picked up the phone to the office. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jay White was... But Jay, to be fair, Tom trained him. Yeah, Tom, yeah, yeah. He trained him. But Jay White got himself to Japan. Yeah, like, Jay that White. Was, yeah. Because how many, again, right... How many wrestlers, oh, and I'm talking about modern day wrestlers, right? Was he lived in Portsmouth? He brought himself to London. Yeah. He came, helped set up the show. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like he came up the day before. Mm-hmm. How many guys would do that? Yeah, not enough. Do you know what I mean? But then you know it work pays dividends, doesn't it? And it paid off. Yeah. yeah. But that's what, like you know, that's why I always say, like these guys, you know, I'm running all these shows, and like. When when we have people from our training school who don't come, like, you know, oh, I'm not booked for this one, so I'm not coming. Oh. Or like, oh, I, you know, I think I'll miss this one so I can hang out with my girlfriend or whatever. Yeah. But I'm like, especially, I'm not saying you like any one show is more important than the other, but there's often shows where you're in front of very influential people in the world of professional wrestling and you never know where that acquaintance is going to lead. Yeah. You know, you might hold the door open for the right person or offer your chair to the right uh-huh. person or someone might just see your work ethic. A good example, Darius Lockhart, right? So he's a guy who he debuted for me at the Guild Hall, yeah. right? He lives in America. He's from America. He's over here on vacay, I guess, but wanting to try and get as much wrestling experience as possible. Um, and every show I've done this month, apart from one where he was booked somewhere else, every show I've done, He's been there. 
setting up my ring, mm-hmm. taking the ring down. Anything I can do for you, sir? Get me a coffee. Yeah. Oh, I missed out on that. I should have done that, yeah. shouldn't I? Um, but, you know, he came. Is it okay if I help out today? I've come to, you know, he'd sent me messages before and I hadn't seen them because they went into my other box in my uh, Facebook. Yeah. Right. Um, but he was like, you know, I sent you a message. I don't think you've seen it, but I just wanted to come along anyway, introduce myself. Um, is there anything I can do to help out? Uh, I'd love to help out with Ring Crew. Um, you know, I'd love to do whatever it, whatever I can to help out. And he kept coming. Free shows. Came, helped, set up, whatever. And at this point, I'm like, he's obviously dedicated. And like, his, his references he gave were like guys I knew, so I asked them. They're like, oh, he's a decent little worker, yeah. And like, I gave him that opportunity. And I'm not saying like, him wrestling for me is like, the biggest thing in his career. But all I'm saying is, it's an example of he was given that opportunity that he didn't have before yeah. because he came, was helpful, helped out and took himself out of his way in a foreign country. Cost him money, really, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. A lot of money. Absolutely. Trains and travel. I yeah. assume, anyway, he probably yeah. didn't travel with other well, people not, every he's time. He's walking, he? is he? <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, he could have travelled with someone, you know. Yeah. But like, yeah. but you know what I mean? And as a result, he wound up, you know, getting booked for me. Yeah. And, um, and he did very well in that, in that match. Didn't and, win, uh, did he? No, he didn't win, but... Uh. Um, but you know it's his first time in mm-hmm. nerves and stuff yeah um, but point being you never know when that opportunity is going to come sure um, so anyway back to the story what we talking about Summer Sizzler yes. that show yeah so Jay, that's where Jay White first met Bad Luck Farley Farley yeah. Prince Devitt's last show within the, yep. the UK and Nakamura's first Nakamura's show in England I guess and Nakamura's yeah. first show would it, be, uh, would it be yeah it must have been his first one yeah like his first, his first time he's ever wrestled in England yeah yeah, yeah. and um and I wanted, and I was all about moments, right? And I've spoken already about how the, the initial idea behind that show was to finish with um, Prince Devitt and Carl Anderson, the BCOGs, in the ring at the same time together. And then obviously we wound up replacing Carl Anderson with Bad Luck Farley when Carl Anderson couldn't, um, couldn't do the show anymore. But I've already said, but I'm just going to say again for anyone who hasn't heard the story, listen back to our No Shows podcast. Carl Anderson's good brother. He is a very good man. Carl Anderson um, is the only person ever, I believe, to have no not been able to make a show where a flight's been booked and paid for. I had guys be like, oh, I'll give you the money back for the flight, and then never do it. Right. But Carl Anderson sent me the money for the flight that I'd paid for. Yes. And then I was able to um I was able to kind of um pay a cancellation fee, like kind of pause pause the flight, essentially put it on hold for two hundred pounds I was able to put it on hold. And then he came over for me the following year and I was able to use that same flight and return his money to him. Less uh, okay. less like less than two hundred pounds yeah. or whatever administration fee was. Mm-hmm. Um so it all worked so but he had no knowledge he didn't know I was gonna be able to do that. Yeah, yeah. And like if I wanted to be an arsehole, I could have just been like, Cheers for the money, but obviously mm-hmm. the right thing to do was oh I've got my money back on that flight now, so yeah. Now there's your money, you know? Um and uh, and that and I'll never forget that. So but I just wanted to make it clear that I wasn't ragging on him not being there. Um so so we wound so we wanted that moment at the end. Right, but obviously, there's no secret that the Bullet Club's inspiration is the NWO, and it all started when Fergal used to go around to sweeting people because in Japan you have a lot of freedom to do kind of what you want, right? And it wasn't New Japan wasn't like start doing too sweet, 
he did it because him and Anderson used to do it themselves. You know, they used to yeah. go out drinking and too sweet each other and whatever. And all it was was their real life camaraderie turning on screen, right? And um, so it was no secret that that was their inspiration. So I thought, what would be cool for Fergal's farewell to the Indies? And the answer I came up with was getting Scott Hall to come and be there at the end to too sweet Fergal yeah. and say goodbye to the Indies, basically. I just thought it would be a lovely, nice moment. Um, and I was like, I'm not sure. And again, since this time, Scott Hall's done a lot of stuff over here, and I'm sure it's a lot easier to get hold of. But I was like, how am I going to get Scott Hall <laughs> to appear in the UK? Like, I know. He's got a son who wrestles who could make his professional wrestling debut. Yeah. <laughs> and he not wrestled No, or? his UK wrestling debut. Okay, right, right. He can make his overseas debut with myself on this show and he'd get a kick out of being on the same show with the Bullet Club because he's a, like, you see, he's a big, or was at the time. He wound up being a young boy for the Bullet Club. Oh, um, of course he did, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I was like, you know, we'll, we'll try and get him and try and get him to hook up Scott Hall. And anyway, I, I'm not going to go into the full the full length of the the, the, com- the story, but um, I always used to like to do video reveals. Um, so anyone who used to come to the early York Hall shows, we stopped doing it because the reason we stopped doing it was because it was expected. Well, there's going to be a surprise announcement about the next show. Inevitably, you run out of surprises, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why I kind of stopped doing it. But I think we bring it back every now and again. But we did. We announced. Uh, Okada like that. We announced Tanahashi like that. Bret Hart. We announced Bret Hart like that. We announced um, the tag match with uh, Jushin Liger. Sorry. Yeah, uh, Jushin Liger and Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Gato and Okada. We announced that tag match like that. Um, You know, with those announcement videos. Ryback. We announced Ryback like that, (laughs) yeah. yeah. Um, And I was like, how can we... um, You know, and I I thought it would be cool to do an announcement like that. So... We we're going to do an announcement with like Scott Hall mm-hmm. come on the screen, and you say it was to work you, right? No, I think it was something to do with. Oh, I think Cody oh, maybe was going to oh, wrestle Rampage. Rampage Brown. That's right, and you were like at the time you were Rampage Brown's manager. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. And yeah, then yeah. I was going to get raises at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I was that's a bit right. apprehensive. I was like, Ooh, I know he's done it to a million people, not hurt anyone, but I, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, he's a massive dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, to just be on another poo list of another WWE legends. Mm. <laughs> um, I'm not taking your finish. <laughs> um, um, no, it would have been, ha- been an honour to take that. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so basically, that was it. The, uh, the premise was you know, S- Scott Hall would be there to neutralise me, you, again, uh, as, as Rampage and Cody wrestled be each other. Be a fair other, fight, that one. Right? And then, uh, and then at the end, uh, then at the end of the show, you'd have Scott Hall and, and Cody, you know, do the, uh, Scott, sorry, Scott Hall and Fergal and Farley or Slash Anderson, mm-hmm. Do the two sweet in with him, and yeah. and that would have been the way we would have gone the off passing there. of the two sweet hand yeah. gesture, and that and that would have been a um, which ironically I think they did it at a Hall of Fame since then. So like yeah. I'm sure they they passed on the two sweet at a much uh, a much grander scale. Um, I'm sure Triple H introduced him to NXT with a two sweet before, um, but uh, so that was going to be the that was going to be the that moment. So I, I like to create moments. So you've got the moment of Tanahashi and Bret Hart side by side. Um, you've got the moment of Rollable Rocco. Fergal and Jushin Liger, like the three generations of junior heavyweights side by side. You know, those kind of, you know, 
time stood still kind of moments. I guess that's a childhood wrestling fan in me. Okay. You remember those WrestleMania moments? And I want to create or recreate as many moments as possible. And I thought that this would have been the perfect moment to create that people would be talking about, right? Yeah. And um, and anyway, as you know by now, that didn't happen. Um, and like in, in the conversation, it went from stuff like, oh, this is the agreed price. And then Cody would come back and be like, oh, my dad said he's not coming in for that. He wants to come in for that. I'll be like, yep, fine. And he needs this type. And he needs <laughs> this type of flight. Yep, fine. It needs to be direct. Yep, fine. No problem. Everything, like literally everything I asked for, no problem at all. My only prerequisite was we need to film a uh, a promo to air at whatever the event before was. High stakes, I guess. A show with Sting, I guess, I guess it was. Um, and I was like, I think it, I think that was one. It might not have been. Yeah, I think, yeah. Maybe. Um, but I said, you know, we need to film a we need to film a promo to to air on the, on the screen. Yep, won't be a problem at all. Um, and then as it gets closer to the show, I've still not got this promo, uh, but everything that's been asked of, I've agreed to. Um, and, and every time, and, and then I, like a couple of weeks before the show, I send uh, Cody an email and I say, um, Hey, just want, just, you know, just chasing you up on that promo because the show's in a couple of weeks time. Um, are we good? And he's just like, Oh, I'm at work at the moment, but as long as my pops is in when I, when I come back from work, um, we film it then no problem. Nothing comes. Um, I chase him up again. Oh, really sorry. Um, this is also all post Diamond Dallas Page as well, isn't it? This is like the Scott yeah, Hall redemption absolutely. story. Yes, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So uh, and uh, and he he said like really sorry, but um, you know he said that he won't uh, he won't record anything for him. He doesn't want it to get his name out advertised being out there until he receives a deposit. And I was like, how much do you want? Fifty percent up front, fifty percent when he arrives. Yeah, that's what he wants. Yep, and he he won't film anything until he. You know, he gets that. I was like, that's no problem. I said, give me either your international banking details or a PayPal address and I'll send it right across. Nothing. Right? So then he's like, well, look, here's my dad's email straight. Um, so you can you can make contact with him direct. And, uh, and like, I, I, I'm like, I'm like, I'm seeing these messages and I'm thinking like, I really feel sorry for Cody because he's pro- like, because he probably is trying to get the deal done. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, sure, sure. And he's like, and he's, he's like, he's not his dad's keeper, and he's uh, like, and he's probably wants to come over here and whatever. But the whole him coming over here is entirely contingent on his dad coming over here, right? right? And um, so I send it, I send Scott Hall a message, and I get a message back saying like, "There's not enough notice to film a video." He said, "If I had more notice, um, I could have filmed you a WWE quality promo, um, but there's not enough notice. I'm sorry." And I was like, if you look back through the chain of emails, you can see that this has been going on for like three months now. Yeah, right. And like, and I, g- I gave reminders and I've been reassured all the whole time. And he's just like, um, you know, and he just says like uh, something like, um, got wanting money again. And I said, well, I can pay you that, but no one's given me the details about the money. And, I was, and essentially I was like, I need it by um, this time tomorrow. Otherwise we can't, do the deal basically and literally all I wanted to do is literally a camera phone would have taken yeah. 30 seconds of his time and then he replied and do you know what his reply was yeah go on oh well the sun will still rise tomorrow best of luck with your show <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like and when I saw that message I was like I don't even like you know like okay cool whatever like I know it's no skin off his nose mm. right but all I'm trying to do is try and present him in the best way possible yeah 
and pay him to do so <laughs> and give his son an opportunity in the UK. And it definitely um, would have been his first appearance post and it would have, yeah. rehab, wouldn't it? Yes, uh, it would have I been. Believe, yeah. yeah, yeah, it definitely would have been. Yeah, and uh, and it would have been a huge reception. It would have been at York Hall. Yeah, um, and he would have had that you moment. Sent him out to Razor Ramon's music. And, 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 yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, he and he would have had that. Um, he would have had that moment with Fergal afterwards, which again he wasn't to know who. Fergal was at the time and he wasn't to know that he was going to go on to become a, a global superstar you know but like uh, you know he would have gone on to 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 do that um, and, and we would have had that moment and and it would have been great um, and then afterwards Cody was uh, messaging me saying like oh can we is there any way we can you know work it out but like to me at that point like because we didn't have the reveal with the video I was just like oh there's no point and like I, don't, and like, I didn't want to again like that was my experience working with with Scott Hall so I was then nervous about doing any further business with me with him. Like, if he can't produce a video, which I've been told is going to be produced, how can I trust that he's going to yeah. turn up to the show? And obviously, he had a reputation before that as well. So, like, to me, I think I would have been a fool to have gone ahead and continued and advertised him and and crossed my fingers and hoped he'd turned up. Yeah, sure. Um, so, and and I it's, I regret it as well because I think it would have been a I think it would have been a wonderful moment. And uh, yeah, and Scott Hall's obviously a wrestler that. I loved as a child. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I, th- I just would have, it would have been a great to have him on the show. And like I say, that picture, those York Hall moments that I like to create, mm-hmm. it would have been a hell of a picture. Um, one of me and Scott Hall stood next to each other too, sweet. <laughs> in. But it's probably never going to happen now, is probably it? Not. And now I've told that story, I'm probably going to have hate tweets at me. I doubt it. Nah. Um, All right. So there you go. There so we go. Hour and a half. Mm-hmm. We've redeemed ourselves, I feel. Yep. Told some stories. Yep. Um, had a nice conversation about professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's been fun. Yeah, and we got, a, well, i say a couple of things to announce. Uh, we get, um, before we go, so on the 26th of January, we were back at the Mount Batten Centre, Revolution Rumble, and we wanted to do one of these last year, but we couldn't actually fit one in, but we're actually going to do things a bit differently. Um, in the three Fridays... We're leading up to the Mountbatten Centre wrestling show. We're going to be doing a referees course every Friday night. Well, I'm thinking Sundays. Sundays? Yeah. Sunday day times. Okay. All right. So, all right. We'll do the three Sundays. And the reason reason I'm thinking that, we're having this discussion. Well, the show's on on 26th, so. Um, Well, the reason I'm thinking this on the, we do the Sundays is Mm -hmm. because we can mix it in with our um, wrestling class. Okay. And then they can referee real matches. All right. Okay, so why don't we do the 13th to 20th and then we finish it off on the 26th then? Because the 6th, you've got the yeah. you've got weekend at the cockpit. So if you'd like any more information regarding a three-week wrestling referee seminar course, uh, get in touch either to Andy, it's Facebook, or you can email me on Twitter, Facebook, Andy Simmons with a Z at AOL.com. Or if you go on revolutionprowrestling.com, you can fill out a, uh, just, a just hit contact, fill out a contact form. All the information's on there. Cool. We're looking to expand the non-wrestling capacity roles as well. So, um, you know, if you if you are interested in any non-wrestling capacity thing, then just give us a shout. Yeah, if there's anything we can't teach, we know someone that can teach it. Absolutely. So we have plenty of contacts. And, yeah, so that's uh, that's our big thing. You know, that was a big thing. I think we said a couple of weeks ago we we're going to put something out there, but we're going to, uh, you know, 2019 is going to be the year of the Ports of School of Wrestling. Indeed. Yeah. He says with such enthusiasm like normal. I can't win, can I? (laughs) Cool. All right. Um, Thanks, everyone, for listening. Follow me on Twitter, 
at a q u i l d a n s a quilden and at boy simmons b o y s i m m o n z and as alluded to a few weeks ago i do have a really pretty cool scrapbook of all early 90s i bought it off ebay yeah uh, <laughs> he didn't make it himself. yeah i didn't make it myself i just bought it off ebay and we're going to have an episode in the near future where we're going to go he's going to post some pictures of I'm it i'm going to post some so follow me on that. twitter okay cuz this will be worth your while there's all sorts of things here like the i'll go through uh, just a couple of headlines uh, were we going to do this in a, in a future episode of the Yeah, podcast? no, we're going to go a bit more in-depth, but there was a couple that really took our eye, didn't they? Uh, there was uh, I Quit, says the Hulk. Okay, that'll do. No more. Don't, no more Drug spoilers. shame of Hulk. Okay, and we're going to go through these. I think the, that might have been front page. We're going to go through these. That was front page. So we're going to go through these in the... Uh, it front page rings Mr. Clean snorted cocaine. So that's what you got to look forward to. Should we, well, let's Gay do that next grapple week. chiefs get let's hold on stars. Rest as black gonna, for sex. We're going to do that next week. We're going to look through the scrapbook. We're going to talk about some early 90s um, newspaper articles. And we're going to have a good time. Okay? Uh, but if you'd like a little preview, get to my Twitter. I'm going to yeah. put a couple up a week. Okay. And, uh, and I'm sure that'll be a wonderful compliment to next week's podcast. Anyway, thanks everyone for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. Goodbye. <laughs>